turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It is a delight to do so with David Realboy. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave Realboy. Uh, he spells his last name R-E-A-B-O-I. He is also the publisher of the uh, Late Republic uh, Nonsense uh, Substack. Uh, you can get that at DaveRealboy.substack.com. David, I have been um, talking to a lot of our uh, regular uh, guests over the past uh, week and a half or so, trying to, you know, just glean from them their overview, their views of what transpired a week ago Tuesday and and what it means for conservatives, what it means for Republicans, what you take from it, what lessons we've learned, and uh, not the least of which those people would include, must include you. So I'm glad you could join us, sir. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Also worth noting, uh, you know, a lot of eyes are on Florida, not only in how they did their elections, but who they reelected as their governor and uh, his position going forward. You are uh, someone who uh, knows the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, and you live in Florida. So we'll get around to some of that, too. Um, David, let's start. What is your major takeaway? What is your major takeaway from the midterm elections or major thoughts on takeaways from the midterm elections? Well, I think a lot of people have been approaching it. Um, on their regular hobby horse, which, you know, I mean, I don't blame them in in particular for, for, for doing that. Um, you know, the folks that hated McConnell are going to focus on the deficiencies of McConnell. Mm-hmm. The folks that hated Trump are going to focus on the deficiencies of Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the, the people most focused on uh, voter fraud, mail-in ballots, ballot, ballot harvesting, all that stuff, they're going to do that thing. So, um, you know, you're you're seeing a lot of people, I think, sort of poking around at um, at uh, many different explanations. And I think there's an element of of kind of all of the above here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, that's a good way to think of it. I hadn't thought of it that way, that everyone is kind of looking at it from their it's an old expression. Uh, I'm trying to remember whose it was. Maybe Christopher Lashes. Every anthropologist loves their own tribe, and there's a bit of that right. going on. Yeah, and um, and yet, I mean, if you look at yeah, if you if you're not in one of these silos or you're not dedicated to protecting <laughs> that silo, um, then I, it's incumbent upon us to take a broad look. Uh, one of the things that is is being debated about and maybe in a better day you will have some salons dedicated to this how much the abortion issue uh affected uh how much the abortion issue affected the the election um how how much conservatives and republicans might have been uh, too giddy too optimistic in the last couple three weeks of the election i was reminding my listeners david as recently as september very few people thought the senate was in play very few people, as recently as only two months ago. Um, and it is notable, and I don't want people to lose lose hope that, that, that 
taking back the House is not an insubstantial thing at all. I mean, that's a big victory. If you had told right. and me, then we, were injected, we were all injected with hopium. Yeah, hopium. And we thought, and we thought, hey, you know, we may, uh, um, you know, everything might break our way yeah. because this this giant red tsunami is coming. And 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 I think people can be forgive, forgiven for for thinking that because after all, the country's in terrible shape. Yeah. Um, the country's in terrible shape. The message that the Democrats have been have been. Uh, have been offering, let's say, independent, non-hard left voters mm-hmm. um, has been uh, absurd and 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 ridiculous and and uh, and clearly not, um, uh, you know, clearly not uh, closing the deal. You know, harping on January sixth mm-hmm. and insurrection and my democracy being destroyed and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So it was like it was easy to look at that and say, hey, you know, we are the out of power party. It is an off-year election. We should do great. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do great, you know, for some of the reasons that we've been kind of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, playing with mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as and, – and you know what? And in different races, I think some of these explanations work um, in different degrees. Sure. So, sure. so for, for example, I mean, I know I was at the debate with DeSantis and Chris uh, in Florida. Right. And – I was I was shocked that the only answer that Chris had to just about anything he made sure to put abortion into every you know every thirty second uh, um, uh, uh, clip okay. that, that he was able to to, to do and uh, I mean it didn't work in Florida mm-hmm. because um, you know because people had had other things on their mind and they really love uh, they really love our governor for a number of different reasons. Uh, but I could see how obviously that was poll tested, and obviously uh, the abortion issue was something that motivated a lot of people around the country, a lot of partisan Democrats, to actually go to the polls. Um, and uh, and and I don't think that's something that we can discount. And and that look, I mean, that's something that's that's kind of either true or not true, whether or not you know wherever you stand on the abortion issue. Might I might I suggest, and you tell me you were there, I wasn't. Uh, there's there's an additional explanation on this: is you had a candidate in Ron DeSantis who did not shrink from the attacks on abortion. He was willing to talk about it. He was willing to talk about it smartly. I watched a slew of Republicans, David, that uh, kind of retreated on the issue, kind of cowered over the issue, and in doing so. We're kind of sort of voce acknowledging the extremist charge from the Democrats, Republicans that explained what 15 weeks actually meant, Republicans that explained what Roe versus Wade actually meant um, and took the high ground and turned the extremism charge on Democrats who would have no restrictions whatsoever at any point up to and including birth. I think they did a little better on this. Is that a fair thing to say about Ron DeSantis? That's absolutely a fair thing to say. Um I think what uh, I mean, I think DeSantis is, is, you know, far and away the smartest uh, uh, and and best politician we have right now on the on the right and the GOP for a number of reasons. And that that kind of speaks to it, which is that on every issue he figures out, he figures out exactly where the point is that he can get maximum buy in on one hand 
And on the other hand, like, where the, where's the point that will make the left look completely absurd? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he does that on issue after issue after issue. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for, for example, the, you know, the so-called don't say gay bill. Right. Which, you know, of course, of course was not the don't say gay bill. It was the parental rights and education yeah. uh, bill. Um, but then, I mean, he really got them to say, to, to kind of affirmatively say, like, yes, we think sexualized, you know, talking about sex with third graders and first graders is, you know, is absolutely essential to uh, their well-being and our and, and the, the health of our democracy. And um, and that's something that is that is completely absurd. Why? Because he knows exactly he knows exactly the things that the left can absolutely not compromise on. You know, and I yeah. By go doing ahead. so, he by doing so, he shows them to be the extremists. Right. He shows them to be, um, uh, to be you know not just inflexible but like straight up crazy. Yeah, I, that's something I've been saying too. I mean, I thought a lot of this election was going to be about some of these cultural issues, some of the stuff that we learned during COVID, some of the stuff that was done during COVID, particularly to our children. Um, and what parents learned about but what was being done to our children, whether it was in the curricula, whether it was the sexualization, the racialization. Hell, the learning loss, David, uh, from the shutdowns, right. you know, the, the, the diving in scores that uh, that an already fragilely educated nation <laughs> suffered from. And, I, and, and it seems to me candidates that that kind of were shy on those things, to be honest with you, and would rather stick on the economy, stupid inflation thing. May, may may have missed the boat here in what people wanted. I my perception, which was a children and a parents' rights crusade. We had a really interesting measure here. Um, in this, we had some women that that rolled up their sleeves and ran for school board. You know, to start solving mm-hmm. these problems, they outpolled. They outpolled the general election governor senatorial candidates. Uh, by 13 per, percentage points. They they got 13 percentage points more voter turnout is what I'm trying to say here. They wow. animated something that I think a lot of people just kind of left left on the field. I have to take a quick break. Let me let me get your thoughts on on that cultural conservatism sure. and its role uh, going forward in the Republican Party. I'm Seth Liebson. He's David Reboy. You can follow him on Substack, on Twitter. Smart. And a lot of fun, too. Knows a lot about a lot of things. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. By the way, David Reboy is our guest. David, we have a rule here. We love barking dogs. We love them. We encourage them. So if that's Miles, Uh-oh. tell him we said hi. No, we do. We really do. I, I, if there's a dog or a child in the background, that's what I want more of. So if that's Miles, okay. give him a pat for us. He's, uh, he's, he's, um, he wants to play. Yeah, good. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Those buses run on their own schedule, you will learn. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't think I've, I've I don't think I've done a media hit yet that he hasn't somehow uh gotten in the middle of it. Yeah. He, he yeah. Exactly yeah. What, he knows exactly the right time. I have that with Dagny. Yeah, exactly right. How old is Miles now, by the way? Miles is 5 months. Beautiful dog. 
Beautiful. Cultural conservatism, David, the culture issues, they change, obviously, and they're going to be different in different elections. But I really thought it was about the children and parents' rights this time. And I was a little a little disappointed to see so many Republicans also abjuring those issues in favor of, you know, inflation, uh, which isn't a non-issue. I just I just thought it wasn't going to make people storm a hill. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Completely agree. Um, I think we're at the point now where, you know, if you don't identify as a social conservative in the Republican Party um, of, of some kind, then I think you're just completely crazy. And, and you know, frankly, I don't trust you. Um, and, and I was never, you know, I mean, I was never one of those people. Um, but just looking around, you know, you wake up, you look around and you see the, the complete insanity. You know, you, you see that, uh, that the, uh, the, the slippery slope that a lot of social conservatives have spoken about for, for decades is, is a very real thing. You know, we're, we've slid down towards the bottom of it. And, um, and yeah, I agree with you. I am shocked that these types of issues were not animating, um, uh, election uh, turnout and, and results to, to the uh, to the degree, you know, to, to which they're they're important and, and really crucial. I mean, for me, I think a lot of the gender stuff, especially as it relates to to children, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a bigger civilizational issue. If you can't I agree, agree with you. This, I agree with you. Five years ago, yeah. there would have been a ninety percent agreement on this stuff. Things moved very fast right. here. Um, right and. Uh, and I'd say, I mean, again, to, uh, to, to boost Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an issue that he, he had no fear in combating. Mm-hmm. And he did not budge. He did not, very importantly, he did not run out and say, oh, you know, um, we love our rainbow coalitions and blah, 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 blah. Like, he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't doff stop. his hat. He didn't give any acknowledgement to that movement that so many would, would normally do. They feel they have to. Is that what you're saying? Right. No, no, exactly. He, he, didn't, he didn't spend 80% of his time, like every other Republican, dumb Republican does, in, in, in making sure that, like, you know, I, I want to preemptively de- right. defend right. myself right. against accusations of being a hater right. by spending 80% of my time, um, saying, you know, like arguing with, 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 uh, with ghosts and straw men that you throw at me. Right. Um, he very clearly said, no, this is wrong. This is crazy. And it's not happening. It's not going to happen in Florida. And, um, and that's something that people responded to very well. I mean, look at people like Christy Nome, yep. Asa Hutchinson, yep. whatever. All these people ran for the, for the tall grass because, um, really because corporate interests in their state told them, hey, we're going to, we're, you know, we're going to get out mm-hmm. if you do things like this. And, mm-hmm. You know, Ron DeSantis faced the same kind of thing with, with Disney. I mean, Disney in Florida is, is just this massive behemoth. Sure. But he, but he said, you know what? Disney is very powerful. It's, it's, it's gotten everything that it's wanted for 50 years in this state. But you know what? The people are more important. Kids and come first, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. He made the gamble that the people will be with him when he stands up for this stuff. And they were. This is and, part uh, and parcel of your yeah. phrase, you need to know what time it is, or knowing what time right. it is, right? Right. Ta- say a word on that. Say, say You, you kind of you made this phrase famous in, in certain circles. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
DeSantis is, is the perfect example of a politician knowing what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, um, it's 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 pretty simple. Um, you know that means that you have to survey the landscape um, and address things as they are, not as you would like them to be, and certainly not as uh, as as they were 20 years ago or 10 years ago or even five years ago. You know, the rules of the game have changed. Um, we on the right are really on the back foot. We are, uh, we are faced with, we are faced with uh, pressures from you know, not only the government and the media, that's, that's kind of old news, but now corporate and big tech are, um, are using their considerable power to come after us. And at the end of the day, DeSantis and people who know what time it is realize that you're going to need a government that is going to be able to protect the people's uh, freedoms of thought, association, um, uh, you know, thing, things like that, just, just so that we can be able to, um, just so that we can be able to kind of live in the society without, without these, um, these, these pressures coming down on us from, uh, from on high. And, um, and, and he's doing these types of things. And, and look, I mean, we, we, uh, I mentioned how, DeSantis had calibrated perfectly the position to stake out when it came to the um, when it came to the parental rights in education stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people who came and they said, "Oh, well, he's only talking about kindergarten through third grade. Right. That's not enough. It should be everything." <laughs> and 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 the right answer was, "Well, yes, it should be everything, but." Kindergarten through third grade is such a it's 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 the minimum that a normal person will accept, and it forces the Democrats to say yes. Kindergarten through third grade, yeah. we want to be talking about. Yeah, that's right. You know, we, that's right. You can understand age inappropriate at those ages a little bit better than if you're including high school. A little bit, a little bit, you can. <laughs> And, right, because because the, because the more you widen it, the more you start to get into in, on their turf, which yeah. is they'll 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 come and they'll say, oh, um, you know, can't uh, an eighth grader handle X, Y, and Z? Well, that's not the point. You yeah. know, the the point is 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 you make them expose themselves as 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 radicals. And look, that's I mean. I, I know that this is what everyone wants to talk about is the distinction between DeSantis and Trump and what 2024 means and all that stuff. And I mean, I don't want to necessarily jump into that debate, but it's really, I think it's really important to point out that figuring out this distinction, figuring out very smartly to focus on kindergarten through third grade, for example, is the exact opposite of what Donald Trump would have done and really has done. Yeah, hold you that know? thought. Hold that thought yeah. because I want to come back on that and relate it to COVID and shutdown stuff too because there were some poster boys, if you'll pardon the expression, on who was more willing to open up more quickly and who wasn't. And the poster boys for the form, uh, for the former were uh, Brian Kemp and, uh, and DeSantis and – and and yes, Christy Noam, who never shut down, but there's a little bit of a back and forth on that worth having. And where was Donald Trump on that? That that 
that was an interesting thing about shutdowns and not really discussing those much in this election either. David Reboy and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. David Reboy is our guest. He uh, hosts the Late Republic Nonsense podcast and Substack um, page, as well as uh, a wonderfully active Twitter feed at Dave Reboy. His name is spelled R-E-A-B-O-I, uh, R-E-A-B-O-I. David, that other thing, you know, I um, the, the shutdowns and COVID stuff that we were just about to touch on in the last segment, you know, I watched on, on social media and awful lot of people who claimed to be Democrats who said they left the Democratic Party over that stuff. Uh, Jennifer Say, the Levi Strauss person, is emblematic of it. There are others I've, I've interviewed and had on. You, you know, you've probably seen a lot of this as well. They said they would just never vote Democrat again because of the ardency with which they uh, hewed to the shutdown and lockdown mon- mentality. Um Gosh, it was only two years ago. I thought that was something that, you know, we could have picked up a lot of Democrats on. Again, a lot of candidates didn't talk about it. Again, Ron DeSantis and, for that matter, yeah, Brian Kemp, they were kind of the poster boys for early opening. I remember this very well. I remember how attacked Ron DeSantis was. Bill Bennett and I wrote a piece in Fox News defending him early on. I remember that. I, I don't think most people realize there were a lot of... A lot of Democrats who are now erstwhile Democrats that we didn't give them a big option by not talking about this stuff. It was not that long ago. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's something that is still, for a great many people, a very live issue, um, especially as it relates to vaccine stuff and, um, and, and all this stuff. I know that... Uh, uh, you know, I know that the Atlantic magazine and several other folks inside the Beltway would like to declare an amnesty. Yeah. Rather than Randy say, oh, Weingarten and the Atlantic Monthly right. at the top of the list. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, we were so wrong. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, I'm, we we're so sorry. Not only that we did we destroy the lives of so many people uh, who were not engaged in politics, but the people who stood up and yeah. said, no, this yeah. is. This is not the right, right way to do it. You guys are crazy. You know, you tried to destroy those people most of all. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and for a lot of people, they're, they're, they're still angry about it. And I don't blame them. I mean, I'm still angry I about am it. too. I'm, I'm, I'm furious. Yep. This nonsense about, well, we didn't know or we did with the best we did with the knowledge we had is, I wish I could use the word, but baloney doesn't come close to covering it. It's that they censored us for saying it, and maybe they didn't hear from us because they censored us. But when we said it and right. when they didn't want to hear it, they called us baby killers. They called us grandma killers. And and there's an element, too, of, uh, of revisionist history yep. here. Yep. Um, because... You know, I mean, things are over Florida and, and other states, but primarily Florida led the way in terms of reopening. Yep. Um, had had our governor not done so, the pressure would have been immense yeah. to continue this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and, and he took a lot of heat. I a mean, lot. We were expecting, I was, I was here, you know, we were expecting, or the media was expecting to, um, to, to, to have hospitals overrun yep. and deaths in the tens or hundreds of thousands um, in Florida. 
And um, that's that's kind of no small thing. Yep. And and to stand, to stand up to that and and say, you know what, the data doesn't back it up, and it's completely crazy. Yep. I mean, well, people ask why so many um, uh, Hispanics in Florida went and voted enthusiastically for DeSantis, and I think it's a huge, huge part of it is is what he did on COVID, um, because. A lot of those folks are working people, and to shut down the state, to mm-hmm. shut down the economy, to mm-hmm. shut down the schools—that's mm-hmm. a really that that is that is, that is a, uh, a a a life destroying thing. It's not necessarily a life destroying thing for people who can just work on Zoom, mm-hmm. and you know they 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 watch Netflix, they get Grubhub uh, or or Uber Eats mm-hmm. uh, uh, food deliveries. And you know they're good to go. They can they 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 are socioeconomically able to live a disconnected or atomized life. Yeah. But when you when you've got a uh, you know when you work in a hotel or you own a restaurant or a gas station or you know one of any number of other things where you actually need to be there. Yeah. Or a single mom, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me let me take this, this short segment. Let me yeah. take this quick break. We'll come back on that. I'd love to ask you how much damage all that did on a on a on, on a gaze forward. You know, I I I think we still have reverberations from the shutdowns that that people aren't seeing. I think not only in the mental health crisis and the drug and alcohol crisis, but there's something else going on with the work ethic that I think we did a big thing in destroying as well. David Reboy and I will be right back. David Reboy is our guest. He is the uh, host of Late Republic Nonsense over uh, at uh, as a podcast and over at his uh, Substack. He can be followed on Twitter at Dave Reboy, R-E-A-B-O-I. He is uh, like me. Uh, uh, a proud uh, fellow uh, of the Claremont Institute. He knows a lot about a lot, including jazz and health and national security. But we're talking about the election aftermath. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the shockwaves or how you see with your cultural uh, glasses on, David, how you see uh, the aftershocks and the downwash. I, this is The people who said you can't just flip a switch and turn everything back on, they were right about that. I just think they don't even understand where the light bulbs are yet quite. I mean, I am looking at a tremendous second wave of a pandemic and a mental health crisis, particularly amongst our youth. I am looking at it from a drug abuse crisis. I am looking at it for a lot at a lot of levels. Customer service, restaurants, industries. I mean, a lot changed from the little to the big. Uh, from my perspective, I'd, I'd love yours. Um, yeah, I look, I, I, I think so. Um, I think also the reaction to some of the lockdowns, the reaction to the COVID policy, too, in many parts of the country, uh, frankly, um, it has dis- it has and continues to dispirit me. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that after two weeks of the initial lockdowns in 2020, people would revolt and mm-hmm. say, no, we've had enough. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But the dynamics that I just mentioned where people are more and more people are able just to conduct their business um, remotely or on Zoom and whatever and, and, and not have any care in the world for other people that, uh, that, that cannot do so, that sort of live 
in the in the quote unquote real world um, or or live a working class life. Mm-hmm. I mean that disconnect is really huge and mm-hmm. and, and frankly it's depressing and mm-hmm. and um, I it just makes me think about years ago when when um, I think it was uh, in Israel the, the Lebanon war maybe in 2006. And you had northern Israel being shelled completely by uh, by Hezbollah mm-hmm. missiles and rockets. Mm-hmm. And in Tel Aviv, the people were like, eh, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, as we know, Israel is a very tiny country, and the, the, the distance from here to there is, is like nothing. Right. And yet, and these were their fellow countrymen, yep. and yet the people in the Tel Aviv cafes were like, well, you know, it's not affecting me, so yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. And... And I, I was I was shocked at that time at how people could have such a such a, a, a strange kind of detached attitude about the lives and fortunes of their fellow countrymen. Um, but I see with COVID, you know, the same thing keeps happening. There's an added thing that happened that didn't uh, that Tel Aviv ethic that that didn't exist here too. Were you not surprised how many people were willing to assume the worst and cower uh, so much and and think that the end of the world was nigh upon us? Uh, were you not surprised by how many people wanted the government to um, tell them what to do? Were you not surprised how much compliance there was? I was. I was. I was surprised yeah. by it. Yeah. I, I was. I was. I was shocked by it. Um, I was shocked by it, especially in the quarters of the, uh, the let's say, the establishment conservative media, mm-hmm. which, which yep. lockstep went with all this. Oh, and yeah. I'm pulling my hair. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm bald, but I'm, still, I'm pulling I'm your pulling beard the out. Roots yeah. of my hair out, <laughs> saying to these people, like, what about the 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 hockey stick grass, right? And the University of East Anglia, and all of this corrupt. Um, uh, you know, the history of corrupt science. You're totally right. In, in regards in regards to climate change That's and all right. these things over the last 10, 15 years that we've found out. Like, does that not mean anything? Do you think that because these people are epidemiologists, they're not political? Yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're not above completely, um, you know, frankly, making stuff up to get yep. to their desired result. Yep. And that's what happened with that initial, you know, what, what was the projection from the guy who said that um, uh, Ferguson, I think in the UK, yep. mm-hmm. who said that there were going to be two million dead. And of course, everybody went and, and they and, and they thought the sky was falling and yep. nobody said, wait a minute. Yep. Um yeah, you know, magazines that would litigate over the hockey stick were yes. part and parcel yes. of the shaming of conservatives who said, can we all be adults here and have some common sense for a minute? Right, right. And and it was it was apparent by, by the first week of this, to me it was apparent what this what this stuff was. Yep. And and um and it was very clear but just because of the conflicting messages coming out. Yep. So, so they would say that it's hyper um, contagious, yep. and it it the, the virus will will stay on a on a on an elevator button. Yep. And if it's that contagious, then like there's literally nothing you right. can do because we're all going to die. Right. Right. So. Right. So, no, I mean, since the 60s, there was this, um, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it was in the 90s and the 60s is we're on the eve of destruction. 
Um, the the population bomb in the seventies was you know Greta Thunberg. Uh, more recently, we're watching eco. I mean this 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 end of the worldism. This this looking at everything from its worst possible perspective. Uh, the idea that America was uh, not just you know in trouble, but uh, you know bad, uh, awful, evil. Uh, Donald Trump wasn't just a conservative; he was a fascist. This extreme run to the most extreme conclusions. I was just shocked how many people fell for it. I was just shocked. Right. And, 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 but the, the silver lining to all this is that I think more people than ever have woken up and we've come up with a, with a, a, a term that sort of um, captures the, 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 the moral panic of the, of, of the zeitgeist. Yeah. It's the current thing. Yep. And more people have come to realize that the initial opening, you know, week or two weeks of the current thing, whether it be BLM or COVID right. or or whatever it is, or or, um, or January sixth, yep. whatever it is, right. you know, they are they are rushing you with an incomplete, with a deliberately incomplete set of facts to take political action in some way. You know, quick before all the dust settles, before we know anything, you need to do it quick because it's a moral imperative to yep. do so. Yep. And um, I and, call it the uh, frenzy. I, they want us in frenzy. Yes. Marx would have called yes. it the permanent revolution. Right. And uh, and I think more and more people are waking up and they're and they're sort of putting together these things. I see it in my own life from from many many friends who are not political. Yeah. Or, or, or until now have been non-political, and they and they look at this and they say and they they say, wait a minute, all this stuff is kind of adding up. They yep. want us frenzied, and um, you know, uh, frenzied, and to make a decision now, yep. now, now. I yep. mean, isn't isn't that like how you know that you're being conned? Right. And so maybe we conclude with a Republican Party and a conservative movement that understands that and offers those people something is a conservative movement and a Republican Party that will succeed in the future. Yes? I agree wholeheartedly. David, you're a prince, sir. Thank you. And tell Miles, you thank well. you for thank the production you. value as well. I mean that <laughs> sincerely. Godspeed to you, brother. Thank you. You too, man. Bye. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll come back with a final thought. If you are concerned about stock market volatility, our friends and sponsors at Y-Refi have a possible solution for you. They have an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market. A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back. At any time, this is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed rate of return. How high? Up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or give them a call at 888 YREFI34. That's 888 YREFI34. 34 local company you can visit with them they love to talk to you they don't do the sales pitch they leave that to people like me and larry elder they just like talking about what it is that they do yeah i i guess in all my other interviews with uh these long form interviews on post uh 
post-election analysis like I did with David and Terry Jeffrey, Brandon, and we'll do others, and we've had others. Um, I haven't thought much about that last point David and I landed on. A lot of us thought this was going to be an election in part also having to do with COVID and shutdowns. How, how much of that did you hear? This, this was supposed to be going maybe back to our first segment of the show today. Some thoughts about accountability, wasn't it? Thomas Sowell wrote, it's hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. And uh, we did better. I mean, we got the House back and we won some substantial races and Arizona won, won some substantial races. But a lot of people did not pay the price. Um, they're not we're not held accountable for putting us in the frenzy that I believe we are just beginning to feel the far reaches of. Um, I think the downwash and aftershocks of all of that are going to be with us for a very long time. When people said you can't just flip a switch and open everything back up, they were right, perhaps in a not the way they meant. They meant it just wasn't that easy. Well, there's another meaning to it, too. All the lights aren't back on yet, even though those switches have been flipped. And I don't know if we have enough light bulbs or enough working light bulbs to fill the rooms and fill the country with the light that we once had before they made it dark. Accountability, man. Accountability. That's really what elections are about. And a party that offers people the accountability they earned and deserved by mere dint of being Americans. That's a party that I think is going to succeed. A lot of Democrats, ex-Democrats, told us they wanted that. And a lot of them were not satisfied with what we were offering them. Okay, until tomorrow, thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. I am Seth Leapson, and God bless you all. And Class is dismissed.